Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's going on, Spilks? How are you? What up? What up? Um, happy Monday. It's Monday today. Wow. Mm, look at us. Starting off the week strong. It is the second week of January. Uh, did the, did you already fall off your resolution? No, we didn't do resolutions. That's all right. We didn't do resolutions. Fuck your resolution. <laughs> no, we did themes and I'm already crushing my theme. It's all about growth um, for yeah. me. And let's see, I said I wanted to be more social because I'm a introvert as fuck. And last week I went out three times and I'm like done now for the whole year. But wow, that's a lot. Coffee twice. And then um, I had um, the holiday party for my team for Dominic Train, which was a big event. So still kind of worn down from that. But my New Year's theme is going well, starting a mentorship next week. Um, but yeah. Yeah. With Dom Kuza, right? Yes. Very excited. So there's growth there with, with my business and my knowledge and myself. So I'm excited for that. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. Yeah. This week is like a good week for me to just kind of like get back into my hole. Cause like with traveling from the holidays, getting sick with the flu, like I just, I just want to be back in my routine. Um, my gym is moving right now. So I haven't had a good gym to train at. So I've been like bouncing around like planet fitnesses. It's just, dude, the vibe is not the same. Like there's nothing wrong with planet fitness, but the planet fitness that I went to, like they had like one leg press. Oh, (laughs) fuck. So like, I just, I missed you flex. It's a bodybuilding gym. I miss it. Hopefully they'll get the paperwork done where it'll be opened up today. If not, I don't know. I might go back to a crunch because at least crunch had like, more than one leg press. But guys, we have a really special guest today. We have IFBB Pro Paige, and I'm going to butcher this last name, but is it Sabedra? It, it looks like Sabedra, but I say Sabedra. But... Sabedra. Okay. So yeah. Paige Sabedra. IFBB Pro Paige Sabedra. She is a figure pro and mm-hmm. is honestly, um, she's actually right now in contest prep and she is going to be doing her pro debut. But before we kind of get into that, like Paige, welcome. Thanks for having me. Happy to be on. I love listening to the podcast and I know you just rebranded. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. No, we're super excited with this rebrand and we're super excited to have you on. You are not our first pro. I figured I think our first pro was honestly John Jewett. (laughs) So, so like, I mean, like first female pro, that's, that's actually really baller. Um, but we want to talk to you today about kind of like this developing the IFB pro mindset and kind of getting to that next level, because being an amateur and competing in the amateur level is one thing. But then when you earn that blessed pro card that you've been working your entire career for, and then you actually get into the pro league, like that is just, that is a next level mentality. So when it comes to like being in the amateur level, like how many years or how many shows did it take? for you to earn your pro card and kind of talk to us kind of like about your story. Okay. So, um, honestly, it's probably not as many shows as maybe some other people, at least that I know, but, Mm -hmm. um, so I've done seven shows total. And, uh, my very first one was not NPC. It was like a, a fitness America type of show. So that was just me wanting to do bikini to get my feet wet to see if I was even going to want to commit to all of this. And I wanted to do figure, but 
um, just from the uh, personal trainer that I had at the time that talked me into all of this jazz. Uh, she was like, listen, you've got, <laughs> she pretty much said I have the legs for a bikini, but I don't have the back yet for figure. Mm-hmm. So we just stayed with bikini and I did uh, one bikini show for NPC after that. And then all the rest were figure. I finally made that jump and um, kind of cool because um, I know we'll get into like, you know, the drug side of things too, but um, I stayed natural until my um, 2019 or I'm sorry. Yeah. 2019 was like the first show I did that was no longer natural. Mm -hmm. So um, I started off natural for a while and then, you know, until now, um, I won my pro card in 2021. And so I did, it's very interesting how that happened too, because, um, I have a coach now who I've been with her for like four years. We started with the off season, right? We had a really long off season and then we wanted to go into North Americans, but with the 2020, I ended up just continuing that off season. And then for 2021, um, with shows getting canceled, I wanted to do the Arnold amateur that mm-hmm. got canceled. So then I did the clash in Florida and I actually ended up dead last. Now that was, I was third out of three girls. Right. So obviously that was the year that you could qualify for nationals t- top five. Yeah. So I got third. So my coach was like, all right, let's just, you know, go for USA's let's do like a reverse. And then we'll, you know, push again for a prep because there was a pretty good gap in between April and July. So we did that. And my goal was to just be leaner. And I was hoping to crack the top five for that national show. And I ended up winning. So that was, it was pretty cool in that way, because like I said, I was going into it. I really just wanted top five. I had a lot of people that were hating on me because I had just lost my show. Um, And they were like, I can't believe you're going to nationals when you were last place. So I obviously turned that around and proved that all wrong, but that that's kind I like, of I something that I really like about your mindset is you were like, I got dead last. I was third <laughs> out of three, right? Some, I don't want to say pieces of shit, but yeah, let's be honest. Some pieces of shit yeah. were like, no, I got third, right? Like, <laughs> and like no dead last. Yeah. That was your reality. And you were like, well, I got dead last, but fuck it. I'm going to make something of it. You know, I'm going to try. Yeah. As soon as I got off stage, like, you know, I, I went and saw my coach and she looked at me and she was just like, I think we should just go for USA's. Obviously we've got time to reverse you. Like she had a plan ready to go as soon as I got off stage and I trust her fully, which I think is very important in this sport, which you guys should know. I mean, you guys know as coaches, but um, yeah. And, and, and like, honestly, like I, I knew right off the bat too, I was like, that was not a good placement at all. And being that I had taken the whole 2020 off and that was my first show of the year too. Um, I definitely was nervous for one thing. Um, and then there was a few other things that I did and made mistakes. Plus they were rushing backstage because they were just trying to get things going. And I, I had never experienced that in my other shows either. Um, so just a whirlwind of things happened at that show, but it only gave me good things to learn to continue to nationals also. So, so during that, that time frame from, I think you said, April till July. Is that what it was? 
Yep. Um, you know, you obviously said you trusted your coach, but was there ever a point where you're just like, fuck, like I got last, like, am I really in the right position to do this? Or were you just like, no, like I got this. Like, what was your mindset during the, that time? Because obviously you were into prep. So, you know, the mindset right then and there is already kind of wonky to begin with. Yes. Yes. So it's interesting you say that too, because um, I actually, even now to this day, going into my pro debut, I actually have a lot of close friends, uh, people that like, don't, they don't like my coach um, for whatever reason. Um, I love her to death. Like um, we've been working together for four years. And that was like that show I was dead last. That was the first show prep. Like that was the first show we ever did together, Mm -hmm. Um, especially after doing like a year and a half off season. And it was just, it's just interesting to me how sometimes that outside noise can like kind of affect you, especially in prep when you're a little bit more emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where, you know, um, like I trust my coach, but yeah, you're going to have people that try to like convey you a different way. And it like, does make me feel bad that, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm, even my friends don't trust my coach, but like I do. And that's what matters. Right. Cause they don't see the emails going back and forth or mm-hmm. all the little details in the plan. Um, because I've had a coach that didn't care and now I have one that does. So I do see the differences and they might not really see that. Um, and then there's like that fact where they're like, oh, you could be, you know, do so much more potential if you had a pro coach and, you know, can't lie. Like I've looked at some coaches and everything, but I just really like my coach. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's definitely happened where I just kind of have to, you know, trust, trust everything. And and if I'm happy, then I'm good with it. But yeah, there's been times if that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, no, you really got to say fuck the noise. Cause also a big misconception with coaching too, is, you know, your coach is good for you. Yep. Maybe they don't like them. Maybe it's not good for them, but they have nothing to do with you and your coach's relationship and what you guys are creating. And for fuck's sake, she turned you pro (laughs) like, done. (laughs) you know? Yep. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they questioned it was, it's always conditioning for me. That's really um, a struggle. Um, and then we finally nailed it mm-hmm. and it took a long time. Like I prepped pretty much all year to get that conditioning to happen too. So, you know, uh, like, again, it was her first show with me. I was like, all right, people like, we'll prove you wrong, but like cut her some slack too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes that time for a coach to learn your body, which is why you did the smart thing and had, you know, an off season plus, <laughs> you know, so that way your coach is able to learn your body. And then obviously, as you begin to diet down for contest prep, you, you know, do refeeds or diet breaks, see like how to properly load, how to properly peak. But even then at the end of the day, like it's still just a learning process. And obviously how she peaked you for your first show is probably not going to be the same way she peaks you for your pro show. Like your body's ever evolving and constantly was receiving inputs and outputs. And it's just subject to change. And that's why that trust is so important. And kind of that idea of going all in on yourself and, you know, ignoring the static in the background and just doing what you need to do with your coach. Yes. And it's very hard, but again, you really have to, as long as you're happy and you you kind of enjoy what you're doing and feel good. I mean, just, I don't know, hold on. And her and I had that conversation too. She said, you know, if I ever wanted to leave and get another coach that she would never had hard feelings. And that really like made me feel a lot better that even if I do ever choose to leave, like she's not going to put that burden over me. I think some people get really caught up in like, 
oh, I've become friends with my coach and I don't want to burn bridges or I feel bad for them, but this is like, I am the service to them. So like I can go and leave whenever I want. And I'm glad that my coach pretty much just said ahead of time, like, I will never put that against you. We will always be friends. Absolutely. That's how, you know, you have that like support, you know, it's, it's a business at the end of the day, as much as we work with people and you do develop these friendships and the relationships at the end of the day, it's kind of like a contractual relationship where you were providing a service and you were working with a person. So it's great that she is honestly respective of those boundaries and is still able to cheer you on as a person and separate like the strictly business relationship with like still caring for who you are as an athlete, because that at the end of the day is how you can tell that she loves the sport and wants to see you win. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to go back into kind of like your amateur to your pro when it comes to kind of like what you were willing to run when it comes to your cycle and how like you protected your femininity, what femininity means to you. But like when you decided to make the switch to using enhancements in bodybuilding, like what was your first cycle? Like, what were you willing to compromise on? What were you not willing to compromise on? And maybe how does that differ from, you know, your off season protocol leading into your pro debut? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I did, let's see four shows natural. And when I decided to, you know, go to the dark side, as they say, you know, of course, it's going to be your basic uh, type of things like Anavar. Um, when I was in my contest prep, uh, we did uh, Winstrol. And I apologize. I don't really remember um, the amounts back then to what it is now. But uh, there was Winstrol and T3 and Clen. Um, and that's those are pretty much the four that I started out with. Because I remember, you know, hearing about those type of uh, drugs for females. And I just was like trusting the coach at the time. I was like, I'll give it a go. Um, and then I think into the show too, I remember using some sort of diuretic that was more of a liquid that you would put in your mouth. And I don't really remember which one that was, if that was like an aldactone or I don't think it was a diazide though. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, like that was a little more of a hardcore diuretic at the time for starting out. Um, but I had no negative things that I would say like happened negatively. Now, when I decided to start Primo, like where I am now, like I remember starting out, I don't think I had a very good source for Primo. So then I started to learn like, what is it? Cause I've like, when I left that old coach, I didn't use that source anymore. So then moving on, I needed to get a new one. So it's just, I've already had my trials where, you know, there was like that slight voice change. Um, I also had come off birth control yeah. also to minimize just all the other hormonal things that I was doing too. And while at first it was fine, um, it, it eventually progressed where I got the cystic acne and stuff. So while I, that's like a hard thing. I'm, I know you guys are probably more educated with the birth control stuff than I am, but I think it was, it was more of a birth control thing than a steroid thing, but the combination sure did not help. So that was a whole struggle uh, in 2021 too, that I had to deal with was terrible cystic acne going into my uh, national show too. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, how'd that, how'd that go for you? Since, I mean, you have a lot already on your plate with 
the mental of prep and, you know, a lot of weight on your shoulders. And then you had this come up. So, you know, I mean, how difficult was that for you? It was rough, especially since like I had already like had bad acne, but it just kept getting worse and worse where it was like on the back and like you could lay on the floor and feel it. It hurt so bad. Mm. And it was just like, um, you know, like everybody is in your ear, like, oh, it must be like the steroids and stuff like that. And I'm like, I kind of feel like it's the birth control that I came off cold turkey. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was avoiding Accutane for a really long time too. I just was like really trying to avoid it because of how harsh it sounded. But I was at the point where I was like desperate to like minimize it. Um, which again, like starting that, um, during my national prep too, uh, my coach was like, well, honestly, it is a diuretic. So it kind of does help because I literally started Accutane probably two weeks before that national show too. Um, so mm-hmm. kind of worked as a diuretic at that time. But um, yeah, mentally though, like the problem is I was so focused on prep that I kind of like didn't really care about the acne. Like I knew I didn't look good. Um, mm-hmm. but I was just more focused on my body than my face. So yeah if that answers that question. Not, no, because that's that's pretty much what it takes to to become a pro, right? You know, to to have that mindset of just a lot of shit doesn't matter when you have that big of a goal going on for yourself. No, I mean, sure. Yeah. Held, oops, sorry. Uh, sure didn't feel good, like, to think of myself like that, but it was like, sorry, I'm dog sitting, if you can hear the dog. Um <laughs> It was just like, you had to look past it and just think like, this isn't, this is just temporary. Like I will fix this. Let's just get done with the prep. Um, and then you really just hyper-focus and I put it on the back burner. Um, and I would just honestly pile some makeup on, which I'm not a very big makeup person, but at the time it just kind of helped mask it for a while. Absolutely. So obviously you have some huge, like you know, drug changes, you're doing like mindset work and stuff like that. But were there any other life changes that, you know, you experienced during prep? Because obviously like prepping is one thing, but prepping for another show, again, that's another level. So maybe how did your mindset change or what changed to expedite things for you between like your, you know, just a basic prep and like prepping for a national show? Um, So something that I did differently too during this prep, was uh, I, I broke up with my boyfriend. Mm. Um, so this was yeah. my first prep single. Uh, so like I, and then I moved by myself too, which was like, I don't want to say it was scary, but it was a big move for me to just break up with a boyfriend and then go live by myself completely yeah. for the first time ever. Um, so then that way I, cause I live in a small apartment. This, this is not my apartment. I'm dog sitting. Um, but I live in a very small apartment and it's like the perfect, like little hideaway for a prep where, um, I, I, I work from home now too. 2020 made it where work from home is, um, full time. I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. So like I do grocery store advertisements. That's what I do for a full-time job. So I was able to work from home and I have a kitchen and I can cook all of my food fresh, Um, you know, and and like I live literally like four minutes from a gym. So like training, like everything was just very, very laid out easily for me, to be honest. So um, I didn't have any distractions where in previous preps, you know, like, you know, I would have a I never dated a gym guy. So like 
my my boyfriend at the time just was not in the healthiest lifestyle either. So you, I was surrounded by that. Um, no offense to him, but he was kind of a negative person, not to me or in life, just, just work and everything else. And I really believe that you surround yourself with that energy and it will reflect on you. So I kind of pulled myself away from that too. Um, so going into this prep to answer your question was, I literally laid everything out to be prep, everything, yeah. everything, everything was dedicated to prep. I mean, that's just how it is. Like a lot of people don't realize it, or they think we're being like unreasonable or blowing things out of proportion. And it's not like if, when you enter into a contest prep, your whole life changes, or at least it should. If you want a successful contest prep, your whole life needs to change. And you quite literally like, <laughs> you literally like remove people from your life and made your entire life about prep, but obviously it's serving you well. And especially as you like enter into this prep, for, you know, for your pro debut, how different, and I don't want to say easier because obviously prep is not easy, but maybe how much better and how much more you'll be able to grow mentally, physically, spiritually during this time, just to be a better athlete and be a rep better representative of the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I don't want anybody to go breaking up with their boyfriend or anything if they feel like that's not what they need to do. But uh, I can tell you too, because that was my first prep without a boyfriend, I've learned a lot to like living on my own. I learned how to like, I was already decent at cooking, but like now I cook everything. I don't need any help to cook any of the fish or rice that I need. Yeah. Um, so I gained a lot of just like knowledge that helped me out in prep at the same time that I don't think I would have otherwise. So those little details add up also. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk about kind of your, the in-between off season between earning your pro card and now you being in contest prep for your pro debut. So how long was your off season between your winning your pro card and your pro debut and kind of what did your overall training, nutrition, drugs, like how did that kind of go for you? Okay. So, um, after winning the pro card, no matter what, I was kind of over it. Like I was just, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen at USA's, but I, I don't think I'm going to be able to hold out unless I was top two. I probably would have done North American since I live in Pittsburgh and it's like literally my backyard. Yeah. Um, North Americans was kind of like lingering there, but I was like, I don't think I can make it. Well, lucky for me, I, I did win the card and I was able to shut it down and take that off season. Um, we did a proper reverse and, and I don't know if like you guys consider that off season, but like I consider reverse kind of its own thing. So yeah. Um, yeah. Own thing in my opinion, cause you're not, you're not doing anything, but do a damage control at that point. Exactly. And I wanted a full year calendar year off season. So technically if you want to add the reverse, that's like a year and a half. Like yeah. I took all of 22 off. And then as soon as I stepped off stage in July, at the end of July, it was reverse. Um, so that's how long my off season was. We'll just say a year and a half. And during that year and a half, the only, uh, cycle that we did was a 10 week Anavar five milligram. That's it. Um, so, cause I, again, with the acne, like my coach was like, I just don't think like Anavar, like, I just think you're going to be someone who's kind of ac acne prone. And mm -hmm. she's like, I know you've worked really hard to kind of minimize that. Cause I did do the Accutane. I did some laser treatments to try to get this a little better. Um, it's a lot better than what it was. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, so we only did that one little cycle and I just get really oily on Anavar. Like it really does make the breakouts come out, um, kind of get like some acne or like bumps on my scalp and stuff too. So I always like have to constantly wash my hair, wash my body a lot more and be even more on top of the changing the pillows and yeah. uh, the face wash and all that other thing. So, um, definitely, I think I'm just gonna be more of a genetically prone, uh, person to these things. So I have to keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was like all that we did. And then now that we're getting ready for the pro debut, I'm actually uh, doing a five milligram cycle of Anavar again and, uh, Primo Primo, which I haven't done in like four years. So I'm trying Primo out again and it's like 0 0.02. It is like the tiniest little speck. Yeah. And we're just going to see how that goes. So my coach is like, if acne gets too bad, we're pulling it. I don't care. So we're just going to give it a go. So I've been on that for a little bit. I don't, I think that's only going to be like a 10 week thing too. Right so on. How was that was training during your off season? Like, how did that differ? How did that vary? How did you feel during all of it? Cause it's, you know, when you're in that long of an off season, it kind of just is the same shit, different pile, you know? Um, it was great, honestly. So the feedback from, you know, the, uh, USA's was my legs and my front delts. So, or the quads, I should say, but leg size, I really like, I have a really wide back. I just needed like to bring up those legs to kind of be more balanced for figure. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, like, um, so I've been working with, uh, I've had a leg day workout partner pretty much my entire off season, which really helped having a partner there. And, um, you know, just like the mindset behind it too, like someone pushing me to add another plate, someone that's there to spot me so that like, I don't have to think like, what if I get stuck in the hole? Yeah. And that was my entire off season. I started like actually trying barbell squats and stuff, you know, because I got away, I did like Smith squats, but I hated them. Mm. I didn't find them fun. So then like this off season, I actually tried to do more compounds and take take training to another level, especially for the legs. Cause we ended up pushing, um, pretty much like three leg days a week, not like full leg days, but there were definitely three leg days a week. And I actually started to enjoy leg day. So I never got bored. I know some people get like tired of their training programs and stuff, but like, um, I, I keep a log book, which really helps. Cause I I'm, I'm really bad with numbers too. I'm really forgetful. So like, I mostly do the log training just so that I can be like, what did I do last week? What, how many reps did I do? Like, so it, that helped a lot too, is just keeping data. And then it keeps me off my phone too, to be honest. So I was able to really focus on all my training, um, by stay off my phone, put on, do not disturb, have my log book, have my workout partner that's there to push me. Um, so that, does that answer your question with training? Yeah, really no, that didn't. was awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they think that monotony is boring and they don't realize the, the progress that you can make and the gains that you can solidify during that time. And also something that you touched on that I think is really important is a lot of people mistake, like the idea that you can't have enjoyment with monotony, but you picked movements. And I assume you probably discussed it with your coach as well, where you were like, Hey, Smith machine squats ain't where it's at. I want to do barbell squats. And, you know, there are some biomechanic bros on Instagram that would be like, oh, you're missing out on all of these, like, you know, safety features or like targeting bias, whatever. And you're like, but I didn't enjoy it. So the sheer fact that you're enjoying your training 
and that it excites you and that you're, you know, focusing in, you're zeroing in by silencing your phone. You have that log book, you know, you look like that person in the gym where you're like, listen, I'm here to train and you've made the most out of it. And I think that's really important is to not, you know, mistake that, it, that enjoyment factor, because, you know, if you're going to be in your off season, especially if it's a year, like for me, I haven't competed since 2019. And so you have to have that enjoyment factor, just not only for the sake of adherence, but also for the sake of progression too. Yes, absolutely. And again, like, um, I know if you don't have a workout partner or you can't find a quality one, I, I'm sure I've gotten lucky. I've had a, a lot of handful of good, good training partners that are consistent and good quality. Um, and I know some people just work better alone and that's fine, but like, I I'm definitely a, an extrovert and like, I'm totally cool with like working out with people and it, it actually helps me stay focused or even having a partner too. like, not that we're assholes in the gym, but it's a lot easier to get the equipment you want when you're with a partner and they, and they know that you guys are both serious too. So like, there's just like that, that ego side too, that kind of helps. <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah. A training partner, especially a good training partner can definitely help to expedite things as well, because, you know, depending upon if you are like extroverted and you want that environment, or even if you're a competitive introvert or like I train with my husband and honestly, like he's not like a bodybuilder, but he does go to the gym with me. He does care about his health, but it is fun to see kind of that like competition where it's like, I wonder if I could match him with plates. And like most times I can't, but like still the, the mentality of like, I could one day get to his weights that that's exciting. Right. And he'll like, like, if you see the training videos that I post, like he's in my fucking face, you know, he's screaming at me and I want that. I need that. And it excites me to know, especially when my gym comes back online and I'm not training at like a don't intimidate the people gym. Like I can't wait for him to start screaming in my face again, because it's something that I want and need and helps to give me like energy in the gym to like push and go to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to kind of go back into, you know, bragging about you being a pro, because again, that's not nothing like that's a huge accomplishment. That's literally like what most people get into this sport for is to have that pro card and to have, honestly, I think people care less about the pro card and they care more about being able to put IFBB pro in their Instagram handle. Like, let's be honest, like that's like mostly what people do it for, but they're willing to do and sacrifice and give up so many things. But I want to know, what does it mean to be a pro to you? Like, what does that kind of mean to you as an athlete? And how do you want to help enhance and bring about the sport representative of that as a pro? Man, when I when I got that pro card, like I said, I, I just wanted fifth place. So to win and was just very humbling, because it really did go well, you know, this is real. So you better like act the part sooner than later. Um, like I was already t manifesting, like telling myself that like peak week, you are just like so depleted. You literally want to like eat your arm off. You're so hungry. Um, and I'm just like telling myself, this is what athletes do. And if you want to be a pro athlete, like, um, my coach would have me sit in like a hot bath with like Epsom salt for like an hour and I remember like, that was so hard. Like, it doesn't sound like it's hard, but it is like, it's very nauseating to sit in a really hot tub and just kind of like, try to make weight that way. And I just remember like telling myself, like, you'll be okay. Like, you're fine. Just 
just deal with this because this does pay off, you know, just like how every cardio session adds up and, you know, never cheating because any little cr extra crumb could actually like slip away from that pro card. So um, I just really wanted to be um, a good ambassador for the sport. Like, like I said, I really like communicating. And while I'm not a coach, I like to share my experiences and my advice to people that are, you know, asking for it. Um, so I just, that's why I'm very open about what I've used because, you know, like, yeah, I want to be a good athlete in this sport, but I get more reward and a feel good feeling from helping other people that also want to get into the sport and, and share that same feeling that I have with competing. And just, um, I, I do like to learn. Um, and again, like since I work full time and it's a desk job, um, bodybuilding just gives me that nice escape to kind of like go out and play. So there's that side of it too. Mm -hmm. Something that I like that you said is I'm not a coach and it is so common to see in this realm that as soon as you shit, as soon as you step on stage, you like copy your coach and you become a coach and you know, some pros they are in their pro card and they're like, Oh, well, I'm a coach now DM me for training and nutrition help. And you're like, listen, I'm a graphic designer. Like <laughs> I know that I'm good at what I do, but like, I don't understand the science behind it. I trust my coach for that shit. And you're like, listen, I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to do my shit as an athlete, but not like claim to be a coach. Right. Right. I just, I, I'll share my experiences, my advice, what works for me. Um, and maybe give tips on what I would think maybe would work for that other person, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, just let me coach you and let me take the reins. Cause to me, I'm just like, oh no, like that's a lot of responsibility. Like, I don't really want someone's life in my hands like that. You know, like I said, like, even when I give gear advice and stuff, I tread lightly in the way where I'm like, this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's gonna happen to you because this is not cookie cutter you know, food, gear, it's not cookie cutter. I got acne. Maybe you won't, maybe you respond better. Maybe your source is better. Um, there's all these things to consider. And I know for women, especially, um, there's just not a, like you guys have a podcast and some other women do, but like, there's just not as many, um, podcasts that are more like the guy podcast where they're just really open and honest about what they use and they joke around and girls are just not like that. And I'm okay with being one of the few that will open openly share. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a little bit of a, almost, dare I say a shame aspect where guys are like encouraged and almost like, yeah, yeah. Literally encouraged because it's like, it makes them more masculine and more manly. Whereas like females, it's like, oh, well you were literally like essentially in some cases losing your femininity in place of masculinity. And that's like almost shameful. And you shouldn't be proud of that. You shouldn't be proud of your muscles. You shouldn't be proud that you want to be like a gearhead. And it's, it goes so beyond that. And so when women are like, listen, I, I take this, this is what I use. Like, not only is that transparency helpful to the girls that, you know, do want that physique and do need to understand what it could potentially take, but also you're not lying to you know, a girl thinking like, oh, she's going to get this bulky masculine physique by touching a weight. So there's that nice balance of that transparency. And it's nice that you're willing to communicate that, especially because you do have quite a big following on Instagram. Yeah. And I will say one thing that I've heard often um, is just some of the females feel like it would have a bad look with the judges. And while I can't say that does happen or not, I'm sure some judges, you know, don't want to hear females talking about what they're running or be open and you're trying to create an image and look good. 
like I said, this is a, a hobby and I really enjoy it and I'm going to do my very best. But like if there's politics in this sport, then have at it because I, I'm nothing special. I mean, I would love to make it to the Olympia stage, but um, I'm not I really don't I don't want to say I don't care about my reputation, but there's just like some things that I don't like take that serious if that makes sense with that realm of things yeah I mean what it what it sounds like is you're not trying to put yourself in a box to fit Hmm. what society wants you to be and that's that's something that you know a lot of people are doing like you said you know it's not common for women to talk about being on PEDs it's not common for us to have this you know higher masculine energy or masculine masculinity um and it's, it's like a taboo subject. So for you to stand here and be like, I'm not going to be put in that box. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be raw. I'm going to be real. I think that communicates across the board to a lot of people. And I think it's wonderful. And I think that's what makes you, you, and it's going to honestly, you're just going to be so fucking successful, dude. Like you're going to go far with being your true self. Yep. Yes, I agree. And it, it is lost at some point, which like what I said, I, I do feel bad for people that are very introverted and they don't, want to share like I can understand like the way that how judgmental some people can be and you know you say you you run certain steroids or like I said people don't even like my coach so then they're like well what is she having you do and all this other um behind the scene things that they don't even really know people just have so many opinions and like I said if you enjoy the sport um and you're happy and I do get my blood work and I do keep track of that she reads it blah 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 it's you know, it's taken care of as best as I can. And that's all I can ask for. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that, that's great. Thank you so much for just hopping on um, and kind of sharing with us your story. I think it's honestly really cool to follow you and watch you. And I'm going to be really excited for your pro debut. I'm going to be like, definitely, definitely watching and stalking your Instagram. And hopefully someone can go live to see you like step on stage. Um, but one final question for you though, this was actually Ash's idea um, to ask every guest this question. And so you're going to be the first person to answer this question. So no pressure, but in your opinion, what does it take to hold center? Um, confidence. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about the stage, yeah. um, I am someone who naturally will step on that stage. And I have that mindset that this is my stage and I own this and I will look at the judges and I don't want to say that I act like a stripper, but like when I'm on stage, I mean, it's like asking for your dollar bills. Mm -hmm. I'm like, don't look at these other girls get like, I want the dollar bills. Like, so I step on the stage and I will give my best poses to earn the most amount of dollar bills. And (laughs) that's the kind of confidence that I bring. Um, So to hold center, you need to go up there and act like, uh, those other girls don't exist. And it's just, you, you are the, the center, center stage. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I'm like, I got chills over here. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> well, I do posing, uh, coaching at least I don't do like the full coaching, but I try to help girls out with that. That's, that's kind of like my thing is like, um, you know, I want stage you're, you're all glammed up. You're, you're looking beautiful. You should feel yourself. You should have that, like, you know, alter ego, you know, you don't have to be your shy self on stage, you know, let it all out. And it's, it's fun whenever you kind of flip the switch like that and step on the stage and try, you need to demand that you are in the center. (laughs) I love it. That was a great answer. Paige, where can the people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram, any other socials, or even contact you for uh, 
being a posing coach? Uh, so I'm mostly on Instagram and that's just at Paige Sabidra. Um, and I also have a YouTube, which is just Paige Sabidra. I do have a lot of my old vlogs and everything on there. Um, I've done a few podcast episodes myself called Page of Swords, and it's just all bodybuilding related things. So uh, those are probably my two big things for bodybuilding is just Instagram and YouTube. And thank you guys so much for having me. I've, it's been fun. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Ash, you got anything else for her? No, I'm just sitting here thinking about next time I get on stage and getting the fucking dollar bills. That's know? right. I know. I'm going to be like channeling my inner page. Be like, all right, give me my dollars. I mean, <laughs> hey, if you want to step it up, be like, I demand those 20s. Those dollars. <laughs> yes. <for 20s. laughs> <laughs> give me some grants. Give me some Benjis. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time. Peace. Adios. Yeah.